everyone, and welcome to A Good Story Starts With. I have the wonderful Jackie with me today. How are you? I am well. I'm so excited to be chatting with you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, that's Ochi. Um, How have you been? Because the last time I saw you was when we did Saltor, which was four years ago. I have no longer. I don't know, but I've been good. I've had a baby since since then, um, and life has obviously changed dramatically since that time. But yeah, I've been good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so exciting. Um, and how old is your baby now? Uh, she's fifteen months in a couple of days. That's so exciting! I yeah. love babies. Um, <laughs> like I love being an auntie in the terms of like I get all the love of receiving a baby without the responsibility. One day I'll have the responsibility, but that's not today. Until then you can um, enjoy the auntie responsibilities. I will. Um, but Jackie, if I were to ask you, who are you and whose are you, how would you answer that? I am Jackie and, well, my full name is actually Jacqueline, um, mm-hmm. as a fun fact. Um, I am, I'm a little bit of, I, I do a few different things. I'm obviously a mother, um, I'm a wife, I'm a business owner, um, and I am a child of God. And so that's probably a small snippet of, of that answer. <laughs> that's so cool. And what kind of business do you own and how long have you had this business? I think I've had the business for about eight years or so now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always hard to remember because business is just constantly evolving. And I feel like I've kind of always been doing something businessy throughout my life um, just because I loved, mm-hmm. like even as a kid, I was like selling cards that I made. I was selling jewelry on eBay or I was selling all these different kinds of things. So it's kind of just, I remember in year 11 or so, I, I said to myself, I'm like, I'm never going to run a, a proper business. It's too scary. There's too many things to know, yada, yada, yada. And the first thing I did out of uni was start a business. So look, here we are. Um <laughs> <laughs> but my business you played yourself. I know I played myself. My business is like I say graphic designer for when I just tell people, but in essence, I've moved away more. I've moved more away from designing for people to more teaching business owners design, um, and so it's kind of more of a coaching uh, edge to it now rather than just the the graphic design edge to it. I guess that's so cool. And like, how are you finding that transition from like? Um, I guess, sole creativity to more of a facilitator role. Yeah, I haven't actually heard it put that way, but I really Mm. love it. Um, Mm -hmm. I originally just changed pretty much because obviously becoming a mum, I no longer had time. Like when you're designing for people, you're exchanging time for money. Whereas when you're doing more coaching, you're able to kind of scale things a little bit more, which is what I was really hoping to do so I could work less hours and spend more time with my baby. Um, Mm -hmm. And so... I kind of pushed into it and I found it. I really loved it. I've always been like, I, I've been a youth youth leader for years and years. And like, I, I think, and a, a Bible study leader for years and years and years. And so I think teaching, the teaching side of it kind of came naturally-ish. The coaching side, um, I feel like I've been coached enough. I'm like, I'm just stealing everyone else's techniques that they've always used on me. Um, and then just, it's, it's really fun because... Because like the design stuff comes so naturally to me. So it's a challenge, I guess, to explain that design stuff in a way that makes sense to non-designers. And then, but then when seeing people get it and they're like, oh, I love what I just made or wow, I'm really proud of this or wow, this is taking me half the time it used to. Um, It's kind Mm -hmm. of really nice to be a part of that process and help people kind of, kind of find that. And, and just kind of like all people usually need is just note, try that font or just move that over there to to the left a little bit and you've got a perfect design. Like just helping people to kind of 
just get over the line when they've got most of the way themselves and just kind of helping everything just to fall into place. And just it's, it's a really cool, cool thing to be a part of. That's so cool. Who has been um, the most rewarding client you've had in this transition? Oh, I've had a lot. If, you're, if it's not like breaking confidentiality tracks. No, I, I, I'll, I'll just tell you about her rather than her exact name. But mm-hmm. in essence, she uh, there's probably there's probably one client. So I started off with, with this whole moving into coaching journey, doing like an online course. And I kind of ran mm-hmm. that live a couple of times. And then I turned it onto, it's called Evergreen. So it runs by itself now. People can join at any time. Um, and so I did that for a few years. Um, and then I transitioned into more of a, a, a like with the with the with the online course, they kind of get monthly calls, so they can jump on and get some get some real help with me. Otherwise, that they're just kind of working through my content. Um, but then I was like, let's do some more like high touch point coaching. So now I'm doing like a group coaching program, and there's a lady that joined that. She actually did my course first, and now she she joined my the, the first round of my coaching program, and now she just joined the second round of my coaching program, which I did not expect anyone to do that. So I was like, that is such wow. an honor. Thank you for trusting me that much. Yeah. Um, and it's just been really cool to kind of see her progress, see her see her really grow in her confidence like the designs that she were making before me were they were they were okay but they didn't look professional they didn't look um like like in a business we kind of the the more professional we look the more people just instantly trust us um and Mm -hmm. so I was really excited to work with her because I was like I'll I'll see how I can see if I can push her into this real real um really like polished kind of beautiful look um that was still really Mm -hmm. authentic and and natural and, and her um and so as we kind of pushed into that it was really it was really it was really cool just to watch her grow in confidence and grow in like, like, like she came into my program being like, Oh, I just want to design this one e-guide. And I was like, cool, we can do that. And then we looked at her brand and we're like, Oh, actually we need to like tweak, tweak some colors here, tweak some fonts and tweak this style. Are you happy with this? And she's like, not really. And I was like, well, let's fix it. Let's make sure you're happy with it. And so we're now to watch her just transition from being like, Oh, this is okay to, yeah, I know what I'm doing now. And just when, when, when people like post things into my group and like, look what I just made. I'm like, you did what now? Like that is incredible. Yeah. Like you've just smashed that. And so seeing people get those skills and seeing her get those skills has been such such a journey. And obviously just such an honor that she's enjoyed my coaching enough that she wants to come on again. Like I feel like that's the mm-hmm. ultimate compliment when someone does something totally. with you once and then it's like, can I come back again? You're like, of course, please. Thank you. Yeah, please. And thank you. <laughs> and tell all your friends too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that is so wonderful. Um, and are you still based in Bendigo? Yep. Yep. Still based yeah. in Bendigo. So I was born here, raised here, stayed here, just bought a block here. So probably going to stay here for a lot longer unless God calls us elsewhere. Oh my goodness. And what's the beauty of like, um, cause I live in Melbourne mm. and when I visited Bendigo, I was like, man, this is such a cool aesthetic because obviously I'm a townie. Um, but like, <laughs> but for people who actually like live in the wonder of like living in the bush, well, it's not really the bush, but like more rural vibe. How how is that lifestyle going? I just I just love it. I feel like it's got Bendigo is the probably the second or third biggest city in Victoria. So it's like mm-hmm. goes Melbourne, Geelong, and then Ballarat and Bendigo are kind of on par. And so mm-hmm. it's kind of like I feel like it's a perfect size where it's got everything that you need, but it ha- but it's not like overwhelming. It doesn't take me an hour to drive from one side of the town to the other. It doesn't take me like more than ten minutes to go visit a friend. Um, everything's mm-hmm. kind of there, um, but at the same time, yeah, it's small enough that you've got 
that that is still like I, I, some people would hate that you can walk around town and see someone you know, but most of the time I go into town, I'll see someone that I know because because I've been yeah. here for so long, I know a lot of people here. Um, but mm. I just love it. But the reason, like the reason you stay anywhere a lot of the time is because of family. And so my, mm. my husband's family is here, my family's here, um, and it is. And I just love my church community. I love my every like everything is just it's just home. Um, I think mm-hmm. that's what I love about it the most. Yeah, and how have now that you that you and Chris. Oh, you and Toph um, are now like parents. Mm-hmm. How have you translated that sent that value of like having a high value for community and for being rooted and grounded? Yeah, into your new family unit. And like it's been a kind of an intentional decision as well because like mm-hmm. it's so tempting to go move somewhere fun. Um, like me and me and my husband, we both love traveling. We both love adventures. We both love doing different things. But I think we've kind of made a conscious decision that unless less God calls us elsewhere, like to be rooted with family, to be to be able to raise Marley, our daughter, with like um, her grandparents, like Toast's parents are five minutes away. My parents are 15 minutes away. And like mm-hmm. she can get babysat by them. She can, we can go around for dinner how often as we want. We can, we can just kind of see those people and build really strong connections with them. And like the family unit is just like, if, if, if like it's, it's, it's not necessary for everyone to push into, but for us, we found like, we just wanted to give that such a high priority because we love mm-hmm. our families and we see how much value can come out of the wisdom of, of, of connecting with other people that, yeah, I don't know. There's just something about family that we really just both hold so highly. And so making sure that, yeah, we, we connect Miley with them. It was hard at the start because obviously with COVID, you couldn't see people too often. But also the the, the fact that Miley was just the grumpiest baby. Um, we realized probably eight weeks in that she had a garlic intolerance. So when I ate garlic and then fed her, she would just be howling. I ate garlic every day. And so she was just constantly upset for the first two months or so of her life until I realized what was happening. Um, yeah. And so that meant that like she couldn't really get looked after by anyone else because they, they, she would just cry their ears out, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a little bit challenging, but I think she's and, – and then after she kind of got okay with that, she just was like, I don't like any people. Don't put me near anyone other than mum and dad. Um, and so yeah. just in this last – as from the start of this year, she's been starting to get babysat by my, my parents, and it's just been it's been really beautiful to just watch their relationship grow. Um, mm-hmm. Like I was I was over there at my parents on the weekend, and like I just got this. I, I didn't get my phone out to capture it because I just wanted to like mentally take a picture, which is a big deal for me because I, I record everything. And yep. I was like, my, my dad was just holding um, Marley, and he was like picking at a rose bush, uh, and the, the petals that, that the roses were were gone. And a few petals left and just grab the petals and sprinkle them on her head. And like she, and then he passed her the petals and she tried to sprinkle them on her own head. And it was just like this really beautiful moment. And I'm just so yeah. glad that we are able to, to just, to just have that and to have that support. Like, mm-hmm. like I, even though Miley doesn't love, d- didn't love hanging out with people and she's getting a lot better now. Like if, if I have an mm-hmm. interview or something, if I have a work commitment, I can call on my family and they can help. I just, I just, mm-hmm. I've got some friends that don't have family around and I just feel for them so much because there's that support that you just like you can you can build that through friendships, but just to have that automatically through family is just such a huge blessing that I I don't I don't ever want to take for granted. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So you like when I first met you, and even now you struck you struck me as a very um, focused and like dreamer, like a focused dreamer. You know what you want, you know how to get that. What are your dreams for this year? Let's stop there. Like, what are your dreams for this year? 
Yeah, that's a good question. This year's a good question because I'm not like I'm a dreamer, but I'm also like I'm so um I'm practical. I call myself a fun sponge. And so when anyone anyone has these really big, great big ideas, I'm like, yeah, but this, 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 this. Um so I I have to like toe the line between making sure that I push myself to dream bigger um mm-hmm. and also but I, but still go with what comes naturally to me. It's like this must be practical. But my dreams, I don't know, like work wise, um, my dreams are to to, to to really kind of grow my coaching business. I've got lots of programs I want to do and lots of people that I want to get through those programs so that they can have their most beautiful businesses and really uh, be supported in, in, in their businesses through that way. Um, and so, mm-hmm. th- that's probably the main business thing that I'm pushing into. And then other life-wise, like this year is just hopefully a, a year that's a little bit more normal and so pushing into whatever that looks like for us as a family and whether we yeah. grow our family, whether we um, push into like my whole life, I was thinking this the other day, it's a slight mm-hmm. tangent, my whole life I've been like heavily involved in ministry in the church. Like I'd always be serving. I'd be like at one, I think at one point I was doing youth group leading. I was doing young adult leading. I was doing the graphic design and I was doing something else for church. Like I was doing, like I just loved being involved in heaps and heaps yeah. of ministries and I didn't, didn't burn me out. I just, I just totally loved it. I was running, running Bible studies and life groups as well. Um, wow. And so, but now I don't have the capacity for that. I am still mm-hmm. running our life group, but that's at a, even it, barely, barely, like it's very, very, chill you know mm-hmm. and so like just almost ch- checking where my identity is is at and like it, it mm-hmm. if it's not in serving where is it um mm-hmm. in a in a way that like it should it should be more than serving like my identity is in, in god isn't just doing stuff for him it's being with him um so just yeah. continuing to find whatever that looks like for me and myself um and i'm pushing into a few more spiritual disciplines this year and kind of just trying to learn mm-hmm. um learn how to be with God and know how he feels about me um, because I'm definitely still discovering that. And um, yeah, so I think those are probably a few of my my goals for this year. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. And like discovering the beauty of God and how he sees us is always a lifelong journey. What what kind of spiritual disciplines are you like picking up or want to pick up since Lent is coming up? Yeah, so – a lot of so last year I've kind of read a few books. There's a an author called John Mark Comer that I'm really enjoying. Um, ten out of ten recommend. <laughs> I love it. I'm just a little bit of this. My small group thinks I'm a little bit of like a, like a little bit like a co leader around here, but I'm not really. I just really love what he has to say. And so mm-hmm. last year I read his, one of his books, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, um, which is yeah. all about simplifying and slowing down life, which is a hundred percent the opposite of my natural inclination. As you can see, I talk mm-hmm. quickly, I do things quickly, I like always have to be productive. And so that was a challenging read. Um, and I've implemented, implemented a few things from that, but not not as not as much as I probably could. Um, and mm-hmm. then kind of reading a few more of his books, I just read another one called Live No Lies, and it's just mm-hmm. it's. I need to read it again. It was very incredible around, I guess, just how we can kind of decipher the the, the, the lies of this world compared to, mm-hmm. um, and just our culture and and different things like that. And then, and so, sorry, in, in through the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry book, he kind of talked a lot about Sabbath, um, a lot about silence and those kinds of spiritual disciplines. And then in the Live No Lies book, he talked a little bit about fasting and about confession and about something else I can't recall. Um, and so mm-hmm. through the, the first book I read, I really implemented Sabbath. I really love Sabbath. I've always, as, as someone who works for themselves, it is so mm-hmm. important that we stop, um, which thankfully I have pretty much done the whole time I've had my business. So, like, I'd, I'd probably work six days, and that, but I, I do actually stop on the Sunday. Um, but at, at times that has been challenging, like when I've had a big launch happening or there's, like, lots of stuff happening or I'm just really stressed, I've got lots of client work on. It's really tempting to work on the Sunday and think, oh, I can just catch up. But 
that idea that God didn't make us for that. God God knows our capacity. He knows how we best work. And the fact that we can trust him to provide for us, I can trust him that if I don't finish all this work in my own strength, he'll help me to do it later. Or if I mm. can't, if, if, or if I don't feel like I'm making enough money, I'm not going to make more money by working at Sundays when he asks me not to or whatever day that we mm-hmm. choose to have our Sabbath. I've chosen Sundays. Um, and just that idea of, of trusting God with my money, of trusting God with my time and just trusting him enough that I can stop and I can just trust that things are going to work out even if I'm not hustling every day of the week. Um, and so that's been something that I've really enjoyed pushing into. My Sabbaths now look like I can't sleep in with a baby, but if I can, then I do and maybe hubby will take her for a little bit. And then I get up and every Sunday I make myself crepes I love crepes. And so I just slow down, make yes. crepes, go to church, um, just relax in the afternoon doing things that I really just enjoy, maybe have a bath in the evening and just really slow down, which is the opposite of what all of my other days look like. The rest of my days is get up and work the second that I get a chance and it's do, do, do. Um, but but those Sundays and that Sabbath is just such such a like every day for the last maybe eight years, I've written down what I'm grateful for for that day. And the amount of times mm-hmm. on Sundays I just write Sabbath. I'm grateful for Sabbath because just mm-hmm. making myself stop is just so beautiful. Um, and then the other thing I'm trying to push into now is is fasting. I've never really fasted before. It's not been mm-hmm. something on my radar at all. Um, but just trying to do that now each week and just for the I, I need to, it's, it's, it's something I want to learn more about. I don't know much about it at all. I've listened to a few sermons on it and done a little bit of, done a little bit of reading on it, but I want to push into it more and just see what God has for me inside that, 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 that discipline of, of, of trusting him. Um, I love food. Like I'll eat 24 seven. Like it's just, it's just the thing that brings me so much joy in this world is food. Um, <laughs> yeah, I agree. Amen. Yes. So, amen. so to stop eating is, is, is actually such a big thing for me. It's like such a, like God, um, you're, you're my sustainer, God, you, I don't need to like emotional eating. I definitely do as well. I, I can be okay with this moment. Like, like just these mm-hmm. things. And I, I can't fast for long at the moment because I'm still breastfeeding, but even just that yeah. half a day that I'm doing is just, it's big for me because I'm usually eating 24 seven. And so to have that, that time to stop is, 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 is good. And it's a good reminder mm-hmm. of what, of, of just centering my attention on God. And so I'm looking forward to pushing into that more over the next year as well. That's so beautiful. How, what, so I kind of have like a series of like motherhood questions in my brain that um, I'm going to ask now. When, what was the most like, I guess, most beautiful revelation of of what of what motherhood is like that you've learned in the past um, fifteen months as well as during your pregnancy? I don't, I'm so bad at like remembering things. There's just, there's just some moments that you're just like, Mm -hmm. what on earth? How am I this blessed to have this little human Mm -hmm. in my care? Um, Something that I tried to focus on in in my pregnancy was stewarding. Um, God's given her to me as a gift to steward um, Mm -hmm. rather than her being mine, which I I, I tee off those things both (laughs) both ways. Mm -hmm. But just this idea that, that she's, this little person that I now have the honor of sewing into and loving and caring for, it just mm-hmm. blows my mind. Like it's an actual tiny human being that is, that is being gifted to me. Like, mm-hmm. like it's a whole person. It's a whole person yeah. that is in it my is. life now. I'm like a mom. Like I just like that constantly, that idea just blows my mind. Yeah. And I remember when I was younger, wanting to, one of the things I was looking forward to about becoming a mom was just that idea of, 
hopefully better understanding God's love for me. That's something I still struggle with. I haven't Mm -hmm. totally grasped it yet, but I can just see like no matter when she is crying her face off or being chucking a hissy fit around something or whether Mm -hmm. she's just taking one tiny little step or eating something for the first time or holding something for the first time or laughing for the first time, like you're just so proud of them and you just love them Mm -hmm. so much. And so trying to understand that that's how God feels about me um, is something Mm -hmm. that I'm trying to to learn. yeah, it's just I'm looking forward to continuing to learn that as I continue to to watch my love for her grow mm-hmm. and how how surely that's how God feels about us. Yeah, Amen. yeah. And how did you? Because as a entrepreneur and a sole business owner, that's very time intensive. How did you deal with the fear of like, oh my goodness, now my attention is split. Um, I have to take care of my baby, but I have this business Mm. that also demands my time. Like, how did you walk through that or still walk through that? Yeah, it's definitely a challenge. So Mm -hmm. I think going into it before I had her, I was just like, so one of the reasons I started my own business was because I wanted to be able to work from home as a mom. That was Mm -hmm. like my dream. I didn't want to, I didn't want to work for someone else. I wanted to work from home be a mum. That was, that was, Mm. that was my dream. And so anytime that any blockers came up in my head of like, oh, what if my business is going to suffer? I'm like, that's the reason you started your business in the first place was for this purpose. So if you want to become a mum now, then don't let that hold you back because that was the reason you want to do this in the first place. Um, Mm. And so a year or two before I became pregnant, I started pushing into my online course. So hopefully have some of that passive income, passive in quotation marks, because it's hardly passive Mm. um, coming Mm -hmm. in to, to, to kind of help support us in that. Um, and my husband had a similar, he also want, runs his own business and he had a similar fear around, especially as a male, that he needed to be the provider and that if we got pregnant and I couldn't work so much, then he would need to go get a normal, in, in air quotes as well, normal job to support us. But I was like, I don't want you to do that. That's not where you're going to be the happiest. Even if we have less money, we'll still make it work, you know. Um, and so then as that kind of evolved, um, I guess, <sighs> I had her, I, I didn't know what to expect. Like motherhood looks different for everyone. So I was like, I'm just going to have to go into this and just see what happens. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I, I put in like for some, say my social medias, I scheduled a month of social media. I started my own podcast so I could have content that I'd pre-recorded come out. Um, mm-hmm. And so I did what I could to kind of let myself relax in those first few months or whatever. But I, I do love my job. I love working. And so it was like people on my Instagram were like, you're, you're, so you're back so quickly. I'm like, yeah, but I love it. I'm actually not doing that much. I'm just showing up on social media. I'm not really doing my client work yet. So don't stress. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I think I think that the, 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 the mix of loving it is really helpful. And like I'm talking to some of the other mums in my mum's group and they're getting sick of not being able to do anything else other than mum. And some people mm-hmm. that just flows really well for them and they're just made for being mum 24-7. But for me, I think I'm glad that I've had just that that little bit of, of I can work my business when I want to, when I want to as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's been so stressful. <laughs> it's been really hard. It's been really a real big challenge because like, yeah, mum, mumming, mumming takes up so, 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 so much time. Like, like at the start there, like it would take me an hour to feed her every single time or maybe two. Mm-hmm. And so when you have to feed them like five times a day, there's like five hours gone just sitting on the couch feeding them, um, let alone sleeping, let alone putting them down for a nap, let alone going for walks, let alone anything else in life. Um, mm-hmm. And so the, and so now and every season looks different. Like so right now, um, this year, my goal was to get her babysat on Tuesdays so that I could work all of Tuesdays. Um, and then my husband would look after her on Thursdays. And then I would just work during nap times during the rest of the week and have mm-hmm. Wednesdays and Saturdays, Sundays off. 
and like it's been so challenging because yeah as you kind of said I I I I I I have all these dreams and plans and I just have so much things in my brain that can't get out into the world unless I have the time to do it but I don't have mm-hmm. the time to do it cuz I got my baby but my baby's my priority I've got to keep remembering that mm-hmm. and so just constantly pulling myself up and being like Jackie what's your priority right now is it to go on your phone and do that Instagram post or is it to watch your baby play with that cool toy because she's loving it and see the joy in her eyes like it's literally mm-hmm. that decision over and over and over again each day and sometimes it's Instagram because I have to do that post for my marketing or sometimes it's watching her um, and some yeah it's just depends on the moment and depends what's needed from me at that time but it's definitely it's an interesting balance and an interesting um, yeah it's 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 challenging and 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 the seasons change so much. Like sometimes she'll be going down for a nap really easy, and I get three solid hours of work. Other days, mm-hmm. like the last week, she has been so upset all of the time, and so mm-hmm. it's just it'll take us an hour to put her down, and then she'll sleep for half an hour, then wake up really grumpy, and then you've got to put her down again. And then so it's just yeah. it's just all over the place, and you just can't you can't you can't plan too much, which is tricky when you're doing coaching calls and stuff. But um, yeah. I just prioritize some days and the rest of the days I just have to let things go and, and trust trust God that it will all all kind of work out. Yeah, but yeah. I, I love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thank you. Like it's really inspiring to hear you talk about that um, because, yeah, I just I just really admire you for that, um, for your honesty and for your integrity and for your willingness to be like, yeah, it's hard, but – it comes down to priorities. Um, social media has changed in the last four to five years, um, and it's slowly like built, like blending into quote unquote real life. How do you put good boundaries between social media, but knowing that your business, like most businesses now, have to have a social media presence, like? How do you walk that line? It's a great question that I'm not sure I have a brilliant answer to, but I will let you know my thoughts. And so, firstly, I have Sundays totally off Facebook and Instagram. Like, I don't touch Mm -hmm. those on those days. Um, And that's been a, that's been, I would, I would probably openly say that I'm a social media addict. So that's been a big deal for me to implement that, but it's become really natural now. So that's the first thing. The next one is like, ideally, when the world is when 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 Jackie's life is in order, I would like plan out my socials and have like a month of content kind of sorted, um, and those mm-hmm. things would kind of post up. But then even if, even when even when you're doing that, you want to be showing up on stories regularly. You want to be doing this regularly. You want to be replying to messages. You want to be replying to comments. You want to be making yourself known on other people's stuff. And so it's just so hard because you you. <laughs> Yes, and and for me, it's a bit of a default go to. Like when 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 I'm working on a project on the computer and it gets tricky, I'll get my phone. Or when I'm bored at home, I'll pick up my phone. And so, ideally, that wouldn't be my default. And my default would be prayer, or my default would be continuing to push through the hard stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And so, at the moment, I don't have what I call good social media boundaries. And I feel really mm-hmm. the this last week, I had some stuff come up with family and. And then between so Miley sick and some family stuff, which is kind of mostly worked out now. But mm-hmm. I was just like, I just pretty much I didn't I didn't post on social media I didn't post on my stories which is like which is rare for me I'm usually there every single day apart from Sundays um Mm -hmm. and so that was that was an interesting kind of break to kind of have I think as business owners we feel this pressure that we always have to be showing up um and we always have to 
be there, which I think is a good thing. But if it's draining you and it's and, it, and it's feeling really hard for you, then it's not going to be supportive of you. So um, it's got to be. And I do the problem is, is I enjoy it. Like I like showing up and I like showing my day and I like interacting with people on Instagram because I've made so many friends over there for my business. Um, yeah. So I don't really know. I think there's just being really honest with ourselves of, of what's working and what's not. Um, and then mm-hmm. ideally, I would love to put in boundaries like our only check. I think. <laughs> I think actually, if you. I've got my yeah. my list of where are they? I've got a list of um at the start of the year I get I get I'm really big on New Year's resolutions and stuff, really big. Mm-hmm. Um and they re- they work for me like like just having that fresh clean start really works for me. Like I've flossed every yeah. day this year, you know? Like it's just it well, works well really well. Thank you. Apart from when I was yeah. at someone else's house and I forgot my floss, but that was that was not on me. Um and so yeah, was- <laughs> and like- so <laughs> one day missed out of the last how many like yep. we are what uh, 61 days now. Something, like, something pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm pretty mm-hmm. happy with myself. So anyway, I, I, I tried to set myself some boundaries around my business. Here we go. So this is my, my, my work. Um, I'm just holding up a piece of paper. I, I have like different like to do's for like different areas oh, of my life. Honey. I make different wow. resolutions. Oh, wow. Those, how many pages are those? Um, I've got one for finances, friendships, my health, family, serving in ministry, God and business. <laughs> It's a little bit ambitious. I have kept mostly none of them, but I set my intentions anyway. <laughs> and so on my business yeah. one, I have only check Instagram at 9.30, 1 p.m. and 4 p.m. And that was going to be my, I, I have not, I have not stuck to that for one day this whole year, but, but that's my dream, you know, like to mm-hmm. just to kind of show up those couple times, check my, check my comments, check any messages, to show up mm-hmm. on stories and just do that those three times. And I feel like my business would not suffer at all if I was to do it that way, but mm-hmm. I haven't implemented that yet. Um, but that's kind of, that's kind of the, the dream. I feel like that would work well where it's just like, you're not just going to it whenever, like when you go to it, you're intentionally like, I'm going to do this, 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 and then I'm getting off it. And then I'm going back to my normal life. Like my life is not Instagram. That's the dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think is the draw, like for you personally, um, but just as well as like generally why we're moving towards like, I'll spend more time on Instagram and cultivate this digital image of myself rather than being in this flesh and blood, quote unquote, real life? Mm, It's a great question and I have no idea. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I ask all these questions as on the mic. Oh, I don't know either. What is this? Um, Yeah. It's yeah. an interesting thought, the idea of, yeah, like why, why cultivate? I, I guess, I guess I probably see not a huge distinction between our real life and like mm-hmm. the people that I'm interacting with are still real people. I'm just doing it over a different platform other than talking to them in, in flesh. And obviously the preference is always flesh because like there's so much, so many nuances and so much more relationship mm-hmm. and so much d- depth that can be built there. But mm-hmm. there's so many people that I now know that I would have never have met if I was never, yeah. if I never pushed into my Instagram kind of thing. And so, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. And, and and I'm sure in, in, in 20 years time, we're going to see the repercussions of whether they're good or whether they're bad around, around this kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. But at the moment I see, I see benefits to it, so that's why I'm pushing into it, I guess. Um, and I, but I do also see some some detriment around it, and so I guess setting up those boundaries is a great way to be able to know the difference and 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 pick yourself up. Like, am I doing this because of Instagram, or am I in in real life, or am I doing this because like am I doing this to show off what I'm doing, or am I doing this because I want to be in this moment? But to be honest, some of the time, like something that I like to do in my personal time is is is, is like do vlogs. I I, I vlog mm-hmm. our family. I used to share them on on YouTube, but 
since having Marley, I was like, I don't think I want her online. So I've just only started doing this personally now. But there are so many things that I do just for the vlog. And I'm so glad that I've done them just for the vlog. Like it's like, oh, I'll go on this water slide because it'll be fun to, to video that. And then I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I went on that water slide, even though I was just doing it for the vlog. Now I'm really happy that I did it. So <laughs> there's, there's like so many benefits and, and, and negatives to to to, to all that kinds of thing and sometimes I do things to be able to capture them and then I'm so glad that I did them so I could capture them and then it's sort of like it's a whole circle <laughs> yeah that's so cool um for the vlog um for the vine was usually yeah, I remember for the vine. vine oh those were the days those were the days for the vine. vine was amazing it was tragic that it died I agree um, so tragic um I was going somewhere with that and now I can't remember where I was going um <laughs> I feel like TikTok is like the answer to, to Vine. I feel like, oh, I feel like Vine was the first TikTok. Oh, don't say that. Don't insult. Don't insult Vine don't like insult that. Vine. Like, I'm, so, I'm so sorry, but. Like, why would you do that? Like, why? I think Vine was better, but like, I understand what you mean of like TikTok is. Short form punchy videos. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just grown so quickly. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's changed business models like with Instagram now, like reels are the fun thing to do as well as the necessary thing to do to grow your account now. Um, But yeah, how I've remembered now what I wanted to ask you. Um, How do you juggle or not necessarily juggle, but how does your faith transform the way you do business? Because business has kind of like a stigma of it being like, ruthless cutthroat um and sometimes it is like that but um yeah how do you how does your faith transform the way you do business yeah and this is something I often grapple with because sometimes I'm like 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 I go back and forward of being like yes God wanted God God would want me to do it that way or no God wouldn't want me to do it that way I have no idea Mm -hmm. sometimes some points but I think in essence making sure like and part of me okay so I don't have much to do with the kinds of businesses that are cutthroat and ruthless and just do things for the money. Um, mm-hmm. And so when I, my de- my default and all the people that I do business with, whether they're even Christians or not, are really quite that that they're, they're quite heart led in what they do. And so I don't see, I just I just assume that's the norm. And I remember mm-hmm. I was talking to someone recently, and she's like, "Oh no, I don't really love this, and I don't. I'm really just doing it for the money. I don't really like 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 for me for my business, I do it for the money because I mm-hmm. want to make money in my business. I yeah. do it because I can help others because I mm-hmm. do. I believe that me teaching people design is going to help their businesses to grow and therefore help them." And mm-hmm. I do it because I love it. And those are the three yeah. reasons that I run my business. But I, I guess I just didn't realize that some people don't do it for the latitude. They just literally do it for the money. And when you're literally doing something for the money, you're then, you, you, you're, you're not, it's, it's so that the line gets so blurred of, of why you're mm. making certain business, business decisions. Are you making that decision because you know that product is going to be helpful for your audience? Or are you making that decision because mm. you know you can make money off it? Like ideally it's both. But if it's just yeah. if it's just the money off it, then then you, there's no there's no end to, to to what harm you could be doing to to other people. So mm-hmm. I guess I want to make sure that everything that I'm doing in my business is helping helping my audience. Helping is something that I enjoy and is going to be making me money. Um, because when mm-hmm. when something makes us money, I think as Christians sometimes we feel like we shouldn't be making money out of business. It kind of feels like a, a dirty kind of thing to be thinking about. Mm-hmm. But when we make money we are going to be able to do it more sustainably and we're going to do it with less resentment and we're going to be able to help people more long-term. Like if I wasn't making money in a business, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now because I would have burnt out mm-hmm. long ago. Um, yeah. And so 
mean, I were to make money holy, um, sustainably is really, really helpful in, 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 in that as well. And so I guess keeping those three things in mind of, 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 of am I loving it? Is it going to make me money? And is it going to help my audience genuinely? And then, yeah, just basing, basing everything off that. Um, and then trying not to be super, like marketing, I find challenging. Marketing, I'm still trying to marketing work out what, what God wants mm-hmm. for me in that. It's like, cause there's this idea of like, like I want you to work with me, but I need you to see why you should work with me. And so to do that, I need to point out that you need me. And to point out that you need me, I need to point out that there are, there are holes in your business and I think that I can fill them. But it, 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 you, you want to, you don't want to, you, you don't want to be manipulative and you don't want to force yep. people to work with you. And you don't want people to feel like they're lesser without you so that they work with you just out of that that reason but you also know that what you have to share is going to help them so you need them to see that there's that hole and so there's just this there's this line between like I think at the bottom of one of my sales or or the end of one of my pitches once I'm like don't do this program to make yourself happy like I don't want to fill this void in your life my you're going to help your business I just want to help you help your business but like just Mm -hmm. trying to just trying to bring it all back to there's more to life than this and yes I'm going to be able to help you but you signing up for my program isn't going to be the magic pill that's going to make everything better in your life. And I think what? sometimes I think no. sometimes that's what marketing tries no. to portray. And and I've been caught up in that too. And so it's just like this, yeah, just trying to to trying to toe the line between making sure that I'm really genuine and authentic, but also yep. helping people know that if they to work with me, it is going to help your business. Um yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that's so totally cool. I think um, you hit the nail on the head there of like some Christians are like, oh no, money is dirty. You shouldn't want to do that. You shouldn't want to make money. Um, how did you uncouple that to come to a place of like, actually mm-hmm. Christians should be know, should learn how to make money sustainably and um, how to not only pay for their own bills mm. because we live in this world, you need to pay your own bills, but to also ha- be in a place of being generous and of helping other people. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's a few things in there. I'm just going to write mm. some notes on my table because uh, there's a few things I want to touch on. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. So firstly, I'm going to go backwards because you just brought it up. The generosity thing. If, if mm-hmm. the more that God blesses me with money, the more I'm able to bless others with money. If, if he gives me $10, then I can be generous with that $10. But if he totally. gives me $100,000, I can then be generous with that $100,000. So we can be generous with, where, with wherever we are financially, like, like, like that widow that gave, that gave that money at the temple that Jesus, um, taught, taught, taught about in, um, in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And then there's also, there's also like, you see the kings in the Bible, like Solomon, God, he asked for wisdom and God granted him wisdom and wealth. It wasn't as if God felt that the wealth was evil. Wealth mm-hmm. can be evil if we if if we place it in the place of God. If that's if that's what our desire is for, if that's what our purpose is for, if that's what's driving us every day is is that money. And so mm-hmm. I think growing up, my mum was a partner in an accounting firm, and so we were relatively well off. And that just meant that I could see, I could see that. It wasn't a bad thing to have money, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, then moving into my own business, I was like, there's got to be, a, a, I think I just struggle with this idea of like, yeah, there's got to be, am I meant to feel guilty for making money or am I not? Like, what does God want me to have? Like, what, 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 what is yeah. my place as a Christian in this? And I've been to a mm-hmm. couple of Christian business like summits and webinars and all these different things. And yeah, they, they kind of just talk about this idea that that whatever God's given us to steward, we should steward well. And if he's given us wealth to steward, then to steward that well. If he hasn't given us mm-hmm. wealth to steward, that, that that makes no difference either. That's God's still blessing yep. us, but just in in not, not money ways. And so mm-hmm. I guess being com- 
in my mind, I want to make sure that I'm comfortable with if God chooses to bless me with money, great. If he doesn't, great. Like that doesn't affect how much God loves me. That doesn't affect how happy I am. That doesn't affect anything. It's just a tool. Money is just yep. one thing that I have been given. And so thinking of money that way can be a lot more, a lot less guilt inducing and a lot more, um, God's given me this skill. I can make money from it. God's given me a business mind. I can make money from that. And when I do that, mm-hmm. am I being, am I being, uh, honest in the way that I'm making that money, like what kind of what we talked about in that last question of not just doing things to make money and not providing people with a beautiful product or service that's going to help them. And then mm-hmm. that idea of, of then what am I doing with that money? Does God want me to reinvest into the business? Does God want me to, to to build this home, my family? Or does God want me to give this money away or does God want me to do all three of those things? And so thinking, yeah. I guess, just always going back to asking God what he wants for that and and, and holding the money loosely. Um, all of these things are things that I'm still learning and growing in. Like I haven't nailed any of them, but just trying to separate separate out that Money is just a tool, and I think as humans we give it far too much power. Um, but then, when, when it's when it's not being held highly, then it can be something that we can use for good rather than for evil. Yeah. So, amen. Oh like, mic drop. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad it resonated. I'll really listen to this in ten years' time. Be like, Jackie, you still had so much to learn, and that's definitely true. Um, but yeah. yeah, but that's but that's that just shows that you've grown um if 10 years from now you're still saying this it's kind of like well like maybe you haven't grown um (laughs) like no but it's true though like some people are like they fall into that trap of forgetting that we're meant to grow like for example if marley wasn't walking now is she walking (laughs) She's taking her time. He's taking her. She's taking her sweet time. She can walk when we're holding her hands, but not by okay. herself yet. But normally, but <laughs> yeah. But like, if Marley wasn't, for example, like, like you know, when she was still a baby and she couldn't hold her head up very yeah. well, yeah. If she was still doing that at fifteen months, yeah, we would be worried. Yeah, like we'd be like, "What's going on? Like, is everything okay?" Because we understand intuitively that hey, at like. I don't really understand developmental ages of like babies, but at at around three to six months, she should be able to like not be like a floppy newborn. And that's still true of all humanity when even at 80 years old, like there should be a level of growth that you're exhibiting after a certain amount of time. And if you're not growing, then questions need to be asked of like, are we feeding you well? Or is there something blocking you receiving that feeding or are you just like throwing up all the time and either way like which this just something that needs to happen so yeah no I appreciate that um you mentioned before that you have been in ministry a lot um and that was like a huge resume of like ministry work that you've done what was your favorite what's my favorite um uh I don't think I had a favorite. I liked each of yeah. them for different reasons. So um, running a young adults kind of life group, I really enjoy because I get to be with my peers and I get to, to grow with them. Running a youth uh, Bible study, I really enjoy because I get to just watch them discover new things about God that I'm like, well, duh, but you haven't learned this mm-hmm. yet because you're just a teenager um, and, mm-hmm. and, and seeing how that faith can then take them throughout their life. And youth group was, was I was in there for a, for a long time. And that was good because – well, firstly, that was a great development for me. Like, like I went, I, I finished year 12 and then went straight into running youth group and mm-hmm. just that idea of, or leading youth group, then I ran it a few years later, um, 
like even just for me, learning conversation skills, learning how to ask a teenager how they're going, learning how to teach them about God. Like there was so much growth within me rather than mm-hmm. even just me helping others. Like that's what I found in ministry so much is is so just 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 the blessing of of being able to be to be helped as well. Like mm-hmm. th- so much of my skills that I now take into my business, I learned in the church. So many of the yeah. skills that, that and, and and everything that I that I have, I yeah, I learned from the, from those early years in ministry when when I I I would never have like my least my least favorite thing to do at school was oral presentations. Now I do a podcast and I do lives and I do masterclasses and I run run all these things, and I got all of those skills from from leading at youth or from running Bible studies when I wasn't feeling confident. Um, so that's been a that's blessing so for cool. me. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and I see, I don't know what my favorite would have been, but they all just had different different things in, in different seasons of my life. I enjoyed different ones more depending on. Um, where I was at, but um, and I'm just so grateful for the way they kept me grounded. Like throughout that time, I had I had my wandering phase um, as a as a young adult as well, where I was just exploring what the world had for me and and, and trying to work out what my place was in all that. And yeah. I don't know that if like I don't love that I was serving during that time because I'm not sure out, out of what heart that was coming out of. But the fact mm-hmm. that that was keeping me grounded in the church, like I had to be there on Sundays and I had to be there on Fridays, and I couldn't just back away from God because I was kind of working out what what, what our relationship was at that point and mm-hmm. just had to be there. And I and, and I wanted to back away, but the fact that I had these commitments, I just I showed up. And the fact that I was still there, God could still talk to me and he continued to to yeah. kind of to kind of pull back at me um because I hadn't closed the door off to him because I was keeping my word. <laughs> yeah. Nah. Commitment. Commitment. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um why Jesus? Like, why still follow him? Why still love him? It just, it just makes sense, you know. Yeah. Um, it just gives life purpose. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. Like, <laughs> I remember there was one. There was during this wandering phase. I was like, mm-hmm. I, I was, I was talking to God, and I was like, God, I'm not sure if this is legit. Um, do you, do you like, if you really want me. Then, like, I was at a camp at this point. I was like, if you really want me, have this person come over and talk to me and blah, blah, blah. And I kind of like made, made this weird ultimatum with God. And obviously, I don't think that – I think someone actually did come over to me, but I still wrote that off as it was an accident and not God. Classic. Um, and so, that next morning, I was like, no, nah, I'm done with God. Um, mm-hmm. And then I woke up. I was like, what do I do? I can't talk to God. Yeah. <laughs> and so, it, it lasted about five minutes. I was like, no, nah, God, you can come back now. I don't know what I'd do without you. I want to be able to talk to you. How do you, like like what? What do you do? What do you do when you can't pray? What do you do when you I, can't pray? There is nothing to rely on. This world is so shaky. What do I rely yeah. on myself? Well, that's nothing. Family, yeah. cool, they're great, but they're just as shaky as me. Like I was just like, mm-hmm. I need, I need God. Yeah. I'm so grateful that He's there for me. Um, oh my goodness! And so and so that is a selfish reason. Um, and and just what He's like what he's done for us. Like, mm-hmm. like it's just so wild to think that the creator of the universe and the creator of us became like, like I, I give this analogy, like imagine me as mm-hmm. an arty kind of person. I, I'm not actually that arty. Imagine I created you with, do my, graphic with my designing that. I like. know, but I just pull things together. Anyway, this is another tangent. Um, <laughs> pretend I like made this little, like I, I, this little, Globs, little little blobs of clay or something, and I made this little creation for some magical reason that they somehow came to life. Like imagine me making myself then into a little glob and going into their miniature world. Like it's just so wild that mm-hmm. that could happen. It's so wild that that God made Himself into what He created, came into our mm-hmm. puny little world that He created, which was like God. Your, your world isn't puny; like it's amazing. But just that idea that 
that he took he took that and he became like us and he died for us to have relationship with us these little puny little human beings like mm-hmm. that's just blood just blows your mind and so it's it just does. like the least i could do is be in a relationship with him because he's mm-hmm. bought it all for that like he paid enough to have that happen yeah who am i to say that no <laughs> Oh my goodness. That is so true though. Um, I think I was on Instagram and I was um, watching a story by Jackie Hill Perry and in it, her daughter Eden was like, you know what, mom? I think those people who don't believe in Jesus have just never thought about like who created the world. And um, like when you think about who created the world, you kind of like have to realize that like there is a God. And I was like, and um, Jackie was like, yep, she is like Eden doesn't know it, but she's literally talking about the whole entire argument in Romans one to three. And I was like, out of the mouth of babes, like, look at that. And that's, that's literally it of like, when you take a step back and you look at this world, you it's just slightly too perfect to be undesigned. Like if that makes sense, like it's just, it's just way too perfect for human dwelling that you're like, okay, like you can make an argument, which has been made by some people in the scientific community that it was like the big, the big bang and the great uncaused cause, which is like fair enough. But it's like, how did the big bang come about like i like it's all but anyway that's a different tangent um thing so yeah how 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 any like and and like you say it's just so perfect to sustain human life like Mm -hmm. one little thing was off it would all just fall fall in a hole and so it's got to be created yeah um speaking of creation i i'm always intrigued by the origins origin stories of people as well as the origin stories of how you decided that you wanted to start a graphic design business. Cause I don't think we actually talked about that. We just jumped straight into your business. So yeah. like, what's your origin story? So, 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 okay. I, back I, in my day, wait, 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 in the beginning. <laughs> when God first created Jackie. Um, so no, like, okay. So as a kid, I loved doing little crafty things. I love scrapbooking. I love making cards. I love making jewelry. And so I think I just had that little creative bent in me, um, which mm-hmm. I think comes from my dad, not my mom, although she did help with the card making and stuff, but dad is definitely mm-hmm. creative and I am, um, get that from him. And then, Growing up, I started I started getting into photography. I borrowed mum and dad's film camera and I'd climb up into like this little trellis bush thing we had and I would sit there for hours and try to take photos of the blue wrens. I just yeah. loved little blue wrens jumping around and I'd try to capture them. On, on, on film is a hard, hard, hard gig as like a 10-year-old or whatever, but I loved that. And then from there, what I credit my biggest moving into design with is, have you heard of Neopets? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Neopets was, it was a massive craze when I was, when I was young. Of a website that you kind of play with and you'd make little pets on it. I mm-hmm. got into that and inside that platform was these things called guilds, which are pretty much just uh, groups of people that were like like people that loved flowers and you would all join this little guild and you'd all post about flowers. And so mm-hmm. I joined these things, but guilds needed graphics. They needed pretty like a header and um, graphics for the things. And I was like, oh, this is fun. So I got out Microsoft Paint and I would like try to make these 
graphics for the guilds. Mm-hmm. And then I would like jump on the forums and I'd be like, does anyone need a graphic for their guild? And I would make these horrible, horrible, horrible graphics on paint. Cause I, and I thought they were great, but I just loved, I love that idea of being able to make something for someone and then being like, Oh wow, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Thank you for making that. I just loved that. And so mm-hmm. I just, just, I don't know how I got into that, but I just loved, loved, loved that. And so from there I started doing lots of graphics for our church. I, I made a youth magazine. I did like the, the sermon graphics and all of these different things. And so thankful for church for giving me that opportunity back then. Cause again, they still were mm-hmm. not great graphics, but it was probably the best option they had at the time. Um, and then, so I just pushed into these things. And I was like, I could probably do this as a career. And so yeah. I like looked up, it was, I was tossing up between psychology and graphic design, <laughs> mm-hmm. quite different kind of subjects. Um, but psychology I turned down because I just couldn't deal with how much study you had to do for it and how long it would take yeah. you to get your final degree. And I was like, I don't have time for that. So I just yeah. pushed into graphic design and um, haven't looked back since. So I started when I was in uni, I um, found a couple of different clients um, on like websites like, uh, what are they called now? Upwork. It was like a freelancing website. You pop your folio up and someone would just contact you. And so I found this lovely lady in Melbourne and I did a couple of jobs for her. And then she told me to one of her friends and she told me her to one of her friends. And all of a sudden I got a client base and a business. That's so cool. Yeah. That's so amazing. I love, I love that. I love that. It's exciting. Um, yeah. It's very inspiring. What would you say to um, beginner business women or men um, who are just starting out? Like what yeah. encouragement would you say to them? The, the way that my business has grown is been through coaching and through learning. Um, mm-hmm. Like all of the stuff that I know right now, I didn't make it up in my head. I had to learn it somehow. And so that involved listening to podcasts and involved paying thousands of dollars for coaching and involved paying for online programs. And through all of those things, I just learned so, so much. Like there's, there's things you just need to know about business. Like, um, like there's things around like money and stuff like that's not my forte, but things like how to gain clients, how to do your social media, things like that. We don't know unless we know it. And so like Mm -hmm. creating like lead magnets and how to set up your email funnels and different things like that can it's just really important to learn. And so learning those things earlier on just really helps us to, well, and, and if you learn them through coaching or a community, then it just helps you to, to feel less alone in business. Like I just you just learn so much from mm-hmm. other business owners. So learning those things I found really important. And, and so I just recommend to do those things and to be thinking about your business. Um, I don't know what the difference is between those businesses that make it and the businesses that don't, mm-hmm. but I think, it's going to get hard. Running a business isn't easy. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of failing. It takes a lot of getting back up again. And it takes mm-hmm. a lot of clarity and and learning and trying new things. And so, to, to, to just do those things, to be okay with the failing, to try new things, to always be learning. Like I've, there's, there's been things in my business that haven't taken off and I've just sidelined those and tried a new thing or, yep. um, or, or tried a different way. Like there's just so much going back and forward. And so, so those things and also a random side tip, do a really mm-hmm. great job with any client that you have. If you have a client yeah. or a customer, over, over, over deliver, then they'll share you with their friends and then over deliver for them and then they'll share with those friends and then all of a sudden you've got a client base. But if you're doing like a half-hearted job for um, the first couple of clients, then it's going to be hard. So believe in yourself, mm-hmm. believe in what you have to offer, give it your all, knowing that it's not it's not going to be like the designs I was making when I started eight years ago are really quite yuck. But I did, that was the best that I could do at the time and the people that I was working yeah. for appreciated it. And so, mm-hmm. um, don't compare yourself to other business owners and where they're at. Just do what mm-hmm. you're good at, where you're at right now and give it your yeah. all. Um, and, and then things will grow from there. Yeah. Thank you for that. How do you, 
not get discouraged because I can imagine like there is a tendency within businesses to be like, oh my goodness, they're making more money than me. They have more clients than me. How do you build that internal self-belief in yourself? Yeah. There's a few aspects to this. Like I just, what, how you just said that reminded me of something. So I learned piano for seven years as a kid. Then mm-hmm. I got to grade one. Grade one mm-hmm. is one level higher than preliminary. Mm-hmm. And after seven years, I, I practiced every single day. I learned, I learned, I, I tried really hard and I just didn't have the knack for it. I didn't do a very good job at it. And then I was dating a guy at the time and he started and after six months, he was probably triple as good as me. I was like, Whoa. what? What? I have done this that? so much work and all this kind of thing. And so I guess, and that really discouraged me. And I think I stopped playing piano after that because I was like, there's no point in wasting my time in this. My point, mm. my, my point for saying that, I guess, is that don't look around because when we look around too much at what other business owners are doing, compare ourselves to their progress or how quickly they've grown, or mm-hmm. we compare like someone, say, say someone's starting their business comparing themselves to me who's been in business for eight years. Mm-hmm. And, or, or are we comparing ourselves like, say you, st- say you started your business at the same time as me. Um, but I had a kid at the same time and you, and you had like funding from someone that I didn't know about. Like there's, everyone's journeys are just so different. We don't know what hurdles people are coming across. We don't know what experience people have had. We don't know if they just found that one lucky client. Like there is no need to compare ourselves to others because when we do mm-hmm. that, we kind of, we get really down on ourselves. We can, can compare ourselves in the, to ourselves of like, am I working harder? Or am I trying harder? Am I doing better than I was this time last year? Go for mm-hmm. it. Um, but also keeping in mind, has my journey changed at all? Like if I was to compare myself and where I'm at um, from two years ago and how much I was working when I wasn't didn't have a baby, that would be unfair to myself because my, my circumstances have changed. So even when we're comparing yeah. ourselves to ourselves, we're being gracious in that. Um, but just, yeah, follow, follow people online that, that, that inspire you, but meet those who don't inspire you. For example, there are a few people that do similar kind of work to, that I do. I don't get inspired by them. I feel really, I look at them and I think, oh, I wish I thought of that. Oh, they're so clever. Mm-hmm. And I should be doing this and this and this and this. And I, and I get really down on myself. And so I just mute those people. I don't, I don't necessarily unfollow them. I don't necessarily like badmouth them or anything, but I just, for this season, I have to mute them on Instagram so that I don't always see their stuff and always compare myself and always think badly of myself. But there's some mm-hmm. businesses that are maybe in a different field to myself that I can then look at them and mm-hmm. think, oh, that's really clever. I love what they're doing there and be inspired by that. So just being wary of, of how we can be inspired and what also demotivates us um, and pushing into each of mm-hmm. those different areas appropriately. Yeah. Thank you. That's really – Yeah. So I'm like processing what you're saying. Yes, yes, Jackie, keep talking. Um, But no, I do appreciate you uh, telling me and the audience that. It's really great. Um, We've reached the part of the podcast where you get to ask me questions. Um, So you get one or two questions that you ask me and the floor is yours. Thank you. My question to you is (laughs) – that sounded really weird – no, that was great. Uh, I love it. I, love I want to pose back one of the questions that you posed back to post to me, which was, "What are your goals for this mm. year?" Yeah. Um, so I split my goals per quarter this year, um, just because I'm getting married on April 21st, and yeah, thank you. Sorry, I was clapping. I wanted see. I should do it louder. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, I wanted to get season two of A Good Story Starts With, like, all recorded so that it's um, so that it's released up until 
probably like April 1st to April 4th. And I know the audience that I'm telling you about my backstory and the behind the scenes and it's a massive faux pas, but like, anyway. I I do it on my podcast. Um, I think people really enjoy it. Yeah. Like, but like, that's really like my train of thought, like by April 1st, like everything, to be fair, by March 8th, everything should be like recorded, edited and ready to be released. Um, But April 1st is the, hopefully the last day for season two Um, because the dream is that I have like at least two months break after my wedding um, where I think about where I want this podcast to go, how I want it to grow. Um, Because when it first started, I was literally petrified out of my mind and I was like, this is an idea. I'm just going to talk to people and see what happens. And now I'm like, I'm good at this. Like I can, I can do this. And now it's that point of like, now what, like, what do I do? do <laughs> where can I take this? Yeah. Like, where can I take this? Um, because when I first started, I was like, Oh, it'd be really cool to have like sponsorships. But you know, when you say dreams that you don't really believe in, you're just saying it. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, Oh, okay. So if I want to do that, I have to do X, Y, and Z. Am I willing to work in that and do that? But for this podcast, until April, this is what's going to be, what's going to be there. And um, I gave myself three years with this podcast to like grow and see what happens. Um, so that's for podcast side for, cause I'm studying at the same time. So it's to actually really do well in my studies and to pull that in there, but also learn how to live with somebody else and to be a good partner and to be a good wife as well as um, take care of my relationships with my parents now because that's going to change. So they've most, my goals have mostly been relational um, as well as like how to change my mindset in a way of like, hey, Wilma, you have these giftings. How can you make a side hustle out of that? Um, and I haven't really like, I've been too scared to answer that question. Um, so it's on my to-do list mm-hmm. of like, you need to answer that question and figure stuff out. But that's that's where I'm at. Beautiful. Thank you for answering yeah. my question. <laughs> that is okay. Thank you for agreeing to be interviewed. It's been a blast. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. I've loved chatting yeah. with you and hopefully the audience have enjoyed our little chat too. Yeah. Yeah, they would have. They would have. You're great. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.